1: of the nations stood with Israel. 95% of the nations did not stand with Israel. That's why we are so proud to be called an American. Not because this country has so much technology and brings to the world iPads and automobiles and jets and things like that. No, this country is different compared to the other countries in the world. That's why with confidence we pray God bless America. God bless America because when America saw Israel as a stranger, America took her in. When America saw Israel naked, America clothed her. When America saw Israel sick and in prison, we only have to think of the Holocaust for that, Israel came to her because America did all of those things unto the least of those, the brethren, of the Lord Jesus Christ. America did it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the greatness of this country, America, because it stood out as part of this 5% minority to support Israel and that was the greatness of the Pharaoh in Joseph's day. That was the greatness of the Pharaoh of light in Genesis 41 because he stood out as the minority among Pharaohs to support the children of Israel, Joseph's people, the Jewish people, so much he was a minority that his whole history of what he did has been expunged and erased out of Egyptian history because they're ashamed that he promoted Joseph, the Hebrew, to rule over his country. But it was the greatest time of Egypt's history. This is the point, and this is the contrast in all of its sharpness here between the two different pharaohs two different positions about God, about the God of Israel, two different treatments about the people of God, the people of the God of Israel, his people, the Jewish people, and two different destinies for these two pharaohs, two different eternal destinies. Now, we've studied the great leadership and the speech that the Pharaoh of light made to his people, and now in verse nine, we come to the leadership, should really say the misleadership, and the speech that this second Pharaoh of darkness made to his people. Verse nine says, and he said unto his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. So we see in his speech that he starts with the word behold. The word behold is a very interesting word used throughout the scriptures, the word behold It is used when you want to draw attention to something. The word behold is used as an introduction to a very important revelation. The word behold is used to disclose something vital that's gone unnoticed. And after getting the attention of the Egyptian people, this Pharaoh says, behold, the people of the children of Israel. Actually, it doesn't say the children of Israel, it says the sons of Israel. So this Pharaoh was saying to the Egyptian people, look at the people of the sons of Israel. Don't look at the women of Israel, look at the sons of Israel. Why, the sons are gonna be the warriors, the sons are gonna be the fighters, the sons are gonna be the one that are gonna turn to you in battle. Then he's very clever. Now because what he does next is he sets the people of Israel as against the Egyptian people and he says that they were more and they were mightier than the Egyptian people. Now let's ask the question, was he exaggerating? Were the people of Israel really more and mightier than the Egyptian people? They probably were because of verse seven. Because what does it say in verse seven? It tells us that God kept his promise, that God fulfilled the promise that he made to Abraham and to Jacob. And that's what this is in verse seven when it says, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. They were everywhere. The Jewish people had filled Egypt. Egypt was full of Jewish people. Pastrami sandwiches were being sold on every street corner in Egypt. And then the Pharaoh said in verse 10, Come on, let us deal wisely with them. But lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. The Pharaoh thinks that he's got a great. Idea, And he's enlisting here the Egyptian people to join him in his great idea. This Pharaoh says that it's the time now to deal wisely with the Jewish people. And he uses that word wisely in his speech to the Egyptian people. And that's a very interesting word. It's a very revealing word. Now to understand the meaning of that word, we have to look at another place where that same Hebrew word is used that's translated wisely here. And if you turn to Psalm 119, verses 97 and 98, we read what King David said. Oh, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. See, King David here, he's speaking about how much he loves the commandments of Jehovah Jesus. He's learning so much about Jehovah Jesus through the commandments of Jehovah Jesus. And he's speaking about how much he loves to meditate, as he says, all day long. For him, it's a continual feast that goes on. He's satisfied, he's happy, he's delighted all day long as he meditates in the commandments of Jehovah Jesus. He's learning about Jehovah Jesus. And then King David tells, God's, tells what the God's commandments have done for him. He's explaining, now what have they done for him? And he says this, if you were to compare the wisdom of my enemies with the wisdom that God has given to me, a comparison now, he says, I am wiser. Wiser is a word that you use in comparison. So in other words, a comparison with the wisdom of my enemies, the wisdom that God has given to me, he has made me wiser. That's a beautiful picture it wonderfully captures for us the meaning of this word that Pharaoh used in his speech to the Egyptian people. Because we've got this picture that now David has painted for us. Well, on the one hand, as we've mentioned, we've got the wisdom of his enemies. And on the other hand, we have the wisdom that God has given to him. And David just says, in comparison to the two, God has made me wiser, more wise. Now, keep that picture in mind as you look back on Exodus 110, and look what happens when we insert into Pharaoh's speech to his Egyptian people the word wiser instead of wisely. Exodus 110, come on, let us deal wiser than them. Wiser than them, lest they multiply and so forth. So just like we had the picture of David in the Psalm 119 passage of comparing the two wisdoms and he said he was wiser, just like that, we gain the understanding of what this Pharaoh is really saying to the Egyptian people. What he's saying is that the Jewish people, the people of Joseph, the Jewish people, the people of the sons of Israel, have put together a wisdom, they have a wisdom. And he says, now we have to be wiser than them. In other words, we have to counter their wisdom with a wisdom which is better than theirs. You see, so he set up the competition here with the word wiser, wiser. And that's why the words that he has used in verse 10 are very, very important when he says, with them, with them, let us deal wisely with them. You see, he sees, Pharaoh sees the reality. There's no question in Pharaoh's mind that verse seven has come about. Verse seven, and Pharaoh looks and he says, well, I agree that the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and I agree that the land is filled with them. There's no contest there. He understands that. Pharaoh understands that. But Pharaoh has no idea why the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them. He doesn't know why. And because he has no idea why, because this Pharaoh of darkness has no idea why the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them, Pharaoh has put himself in the category like so many today with a very wrong conclusion. Pharaoh wrongly has concluded that it's all because of the wisdom the programs, whatever you wanna call them, of the Jewish people, that that's the reason why they've been fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land is filled with them. That's wrong. See, that's his wrong conclusion. He thinks he's dealing with the wisdom of the Jewish people. He thinks that's the reason why, because he's blind. This Pharaoh of darkness is blind and he cannot see that the reason Israel became fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled to them was because of God's blessing. That's the reason why Pharaoh is woefully ignorant of the fact that God promised to Abraham in Genesis 22:17 that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Pharaoh doesn't know that. Pharaoh is blind to that. That's the why. That's the why. Verse seven. That's the why of verse seven. That's the why the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them, because God had promised it to Abraham in Genesis twenty-two seventeen. Pharaoh is woefully ignorant of the fact that God promised to Jacob in Genesis thirty-two twelve. That great chapter, Genesis thirty-two, where Jacob is transformed into a new man, and with his transformation, he gets a new name, Israel. My name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince, hast thou power with God. And in that same chapter, when God spoke to Jacob, he said in verse 12 of Genesis 32, and thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Actually, this is Jacob repeating back God's promise to him. Pharaoh, he doesn't know any of this. Pharaoh, he's blind. Pharaoh, he is woefully ignorant of this truth. He is woefully ignorant that it is God who has blessed the Jewish people. It is God who is the reason because it's God that caused the children of Israel to be fruitful and to have increased abundantly and to have multiplied and to have waxed exceeding mighty and that the land to have been filled with them. And it's this God who caused all the blessings on the Jewish people and he doesn't know. And because he is woefully ignorant that God caused the Jewish people to expand like that, he is about, Pharaoh is about to make the mistake of his lifetime because he's gonna regret this mistake for all eternity because of his ignorance, woeful ignorance, because Pharaoh wrongly thinks that he's just dealing with the Jewish people. He's just dealing with what he said in verse 10. He thinks he's just dealing with them. Let us deal wiser with them. He thinks he's dealing with them. And that was wrong. And he was woefully ignorant that he wasn't dealing with them, that he was dealing with God. And he's about to mislead his whole people, his whole Egyptian people. He's about to mislead them into an error that they will regret for eternity. And what we see here is a Pharaoh that has no idea of the opportunity that is right in front of him to be blessed, just like the Pharaoh of light. This Pharaoh of darkness could have been a Pharaoh of light. He could have been, and he doesn't realize that right in front of him, he's got this opportunity to be blessed by God, and he has no idea, this Pharaoh of darkness, has no idea that he also has in front of him the opportunity to be cursed by God because this Pharaoh has no idea that he is actually calling the bluff of what God said in Genesis twelve three, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And 95% of the nations in the world today are woefully ignorant of what God promised the Jewish people in Genesis 12-3 when he said, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And because those 95% of the nations in the world today are woefully ignorant, are just calling God's bluff to the promises that he made about the Jewish people, those nations, like this Pharaoh of darkness, are missing their opportunity to line up with the 5% of nations and be blessed by God. And because the nations in the world today are woefully ignorant of God's promises to the Jewish people, they're joining together with the many in history who have called God's bluff only to find out that they're cursed by God. The nations today are walking right down the middle of the road that leads to God's curse on them. Right down the middle of the road of the trap And because Pharaoh is about to lead his people and is leading his people in this speech to curse the Jewish people, Pharaoh has no idea that he's leading his people into the trap of being cursed by God. And that's so sad. That's so sad. But that's the picture that we have of Pharaoh who betrayed his own people. Why? Because he didn't see the whole picture. He only saw Israel. And he didn't see the God of Israel. And that was sad. That was sad for his sake, and that was sad for the sake of the Egyptian people because that Pharaoh, he thought he was only dealing with them. He had no idea that he was dealing with God. He thought he was fighting against Israel. Pharaoh had no idea he was fighting against the God of Israel. When we look at Proverbs 21.30, this Pharaoh should have taken this verse so much to heart, it would have changed everything. The book of Exodus wouldn't be this way. If this Pharaoh only would have believed Proverbs twenty-one thirty and said, there is no wisdom, he said, let us deal wiser. This verse in Proverbs 30 says, there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. Pharaoh, you say you will deal wisely with them? There is no wisdom. Pharaoh, there is no wisdom against the Lord. And if the Lord has said, that he will bless them and multiply them, and you've seen that in your land, in your country, Pharaoh, you've seen that, your land is filled with them, you've seen that, Pharaoh, you know there's no wisdom against them, even though you think that you're going to deal wisely with them. You know, when the enemies of the apostles captured them and they had a choice of what to do, one of them wisely said in Acts 5.30, you know, we think it's not of God, but this one person said, but. Just in case, he said, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. He said that. He said, look, if this is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest by chance you're gonna be found to fight against God. That's exactly what was happening to this Pharaoh here because Pharaoh didn't realize that the expansion of the Jewish people was of God, and he could come up with all the edicts for extermination that he wanted to, but it's true, he was not gonna be able to overthrow that, and he was gonna find himself in a fight, not with the people of Israel, but in a fight against God just like it says in Acts 539. We only have to think of Balaam. Balaam was a very interesting person, he loved money. And when the king Balak said, I'll pay you a lot of money if you curse Israel, you stop them, the king of the the Moabites said. You stop them, you go curse them. And so Balaam started off and he says, for that money, I'll curse them. And so he started to go off and he started to go down his way. And as he was there between a rock on the road was next to a rock and all of a sudden his donkey that he was riding on would not go any further. And the donkey actually was leaning against the rock and smashing his foot against the rock. Why? Because it says in Numbers 22, 23 that that donkey saw something that Balaam didn't see. This Pharaoh did not see that God was with them. But Numbers twenty-two twenty-three 23 says, and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. This donkey, he saw what Balaam didn't see. Oh, that the Pharaoh of darkness would have seen that he was walking right into the sword of God, that he was bringing his people right into the sword of God. It was a bad day for Balaam when he tried to go against the angel of the Lord with the sword. It was a bad day for Pharaoh when he decided to turn his hand against the Jewish people. And then it goes on as we read more about Balaam, it says in Numbers twenty-two thirty-one, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Isn't that something? The Lord had opened the eyes of the donkey, before he opened the eyes of Balaam. But he opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. That's what this man Balaam did. That's what this man, the Pharaoh of darkness, did not do. This Pharaoh of darkness chose to keep himself in a state of woeful ignorance. And because of that, he found himself fighting against the God of Israel. God's made so many promises, and we've been talking about them here with regard to Pharaoh and his wrong decision to fight against God's plans and God's work. And we've been talking a little bit today about how the nations of the world are lining up with that Pharaoh of darkness to fight against God's work. And a coming day is not very far away, and it's spoken of in Zechariah 2.8, where God speaks about these nations, these nations that are lining against his people, And he says in Zechariah 2.8, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. God says to the nations, touch, go ahead, touch Israel. Touch the Jewish people. You're touching the most sensitive part of my eye and I I won't go unresponsive. And that's really what was happening here with Pharaoh. Pharaoh, the decision you're making to be against, to touch Israel, the Jewish people, you're touching the most sensitive part of my eye and it won't go unresponded to by me. And that's what we're beginning to see here. It was a bad day when Pharaoh made this decision. It was an underestimation that the Pharaoh of darkness had when he thought he was only dealing wiser with them. He had no idea that the God of Israel had set his voice, had set his promise, had set his hand to bless the people of Israel and to cause them to multiply. And even though this Pharaoh had said, we will diminish them, we will extinguish them, we will consume them in a systematic death of the male children. And that's what he thought was a wiser wisdom than them but he had no idea that what he had come up with was a wisdom against the Lord. And as he only would have known what Proverbs said, there is no wisdom against the Lord. He could have saved his country, could have saved his people. Well, that's as far as we're gonna go today in our study, so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who has courage to step forth and to make promises. We thank you so much that you are a God Lord, who has the courage to step forward and to fulfill your promises. We thank you so much, great Jehovah Jesus, that you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And we thank you, Lord, that when you said that, you saw the gates of hell trying to prevail against the building of your body, the church. But Lord, you said there is no way. And when you looked at this Pharaoh, You also said that you would build the people of Israel and that the gates of hell and the gates of Pharaoh would not be able to prevail against it. And so, Lord, as we see this happening here with this Pharaoh, our heart goes out to the many who have been misled by him and to Pharaohs of this world also who have so wisely thought that they can win a war against God. We pray, Lord, mercy for them We pray, Lord, for the lost to be saved. We pray, Lord, for the day when they'll be like Paul, even though they don't realize that in this life they think they're fighting against this person or fighting against this group. But all the while, you said to Paul, Paul, it hasn't been, and it's not easy for you to kick against the pricks. Lord, we pray for salvation to cover this land. Lord, to cover this land where people would respond to you as Paul did in that day and say, who art thou, Lord? And that they would hear as they seek you with all of their heart, I am Jesus. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayer. Help us, Lord, to be more obedient to you and to understand more of who you
0: are. In
1: Jesus' name,
0: amen. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051.